Good morning. Welcome to CoinOS, whether you're right here on the parking lot with us or joining us on YouTube. We are really, really glad that you are with us. My name is Carmen Carpenter, and this is my handsome husband, Andrew Carpenter, and he is doing what he does best. But anyway, we are really glad that you're here. We have been married. Yep, we're going to have to switch. Okay. We, we kind of have this uh, thing, and it's actually my thing, and I always have to be on this side of Andrew. I know it's weird. It's this sort is how of, we practice. This is, yeah, totally. We practice this way. We, we take our walks this way. I always have to be on the right. It's weird. I know. You know, you got a window into to Tim earlier. Now you have a window into Carmen. So anyway, Andrew and I have been married for 28 years as of just a couple of weeks ago, obviously. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Well, you know, so obviously we were like, you know, 12 when we got married, but we have a pretty good marriage and we think we have a fairly healthy marriage. And one of the tools that we use to help us with our marriage is the five lump languages. And you may be familiar with that book. I read it pretty early in our marriage and it really helped me to see what Andrew's love language was and to understand my own. So Andrew's gonna talk about mine. Yeah, so Carmen's love language is time spent. That means kind of what it sounds like. She could just be in the same room with me, which is kind of odd for you guys because you're like, I don't know about hanging out with Andrew. But she likes it when I just hang out. I could be reading a book or working on other stuff. And that just that that's how she I show her love. But that's how she shows love as well. So anytime we can get the family together, her people together, she loves doing that as well. And that that is her love language. And so that's try. That's what I try to, and what our kids, even though they're grown, try to show Carmen is by hanging out with her, being in the same space that she's in. Right. And Andrew's love language is acts of service. That's why I made that little joke about him doing what he was doing over here when we started, is that is how he shows love. And you may have seen him around here. He's constantly in motion and he's constantly doing things and that's because that's how he shows love and he does that in our marriage and for our kids as well he mows the lawn he cooks all the meals but it also means that i show him love in that same way i clean up after dinner or if he's gone for a while and there's dishes in the sink or laundry to be done i take care of those things because i know that's going to make him happy and make him feel loved. Like I said, those are a tool. The love languages are a tool that we use to bring help to our marriage. And just like those are a tool that we use, God has given each of us in the body of Christ a gift. And that gift is a tool that he uses within the church to bring help to our church, this body of Christ. And Paul, the apostle, talked about that in the book of Ephesians. So we're going to read a portion of Ephesians 4 that will show you some of those gifts. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. 
Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we'll speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So as I was saying, the five love languages are a tool that we can use within the body. And so are those gifts. And they both are five that just worked out that way. They don't correlate in any sort of way. But just like all of us have some sort of way that we give and receive love, each of us has been given a gift by God. And you have one that's right for you, that you have a tendency to use. It's innate for you. It's filling for you. And also, when you see somebody using it, just like when I see Andrew doing his acts of service, I know that's a way of showing love. I know that people within the church are using their different gifts like teaching, like pastoring. They're using those as a way to show us love and to help bring health to our body of Christ. So along that line, if since I, since I told you Carmen's uh, love language is time spent, if I use one of these other gifts, like one of them is acts of or, or words of affirmation, and if I just showed her love by telling her how pretty she is or how smart she is or how talented she is, she likes that, and that's fine. But if I did that but didn't spend any time with her, that wouldn't be a blessing to her. And so that's how those love languages work, and these these gifts that, that Christ gives us, gives to the church, operate in a similar fashion. If I am operating out of my giftedness, then the church is blessed by that. I feel good about that. That's a blessing for me. But the gift that I have is to be given to the body of Christ. Right. And it helps to build up the church and for the church to grow as everyone is using those. And like Andrew said, you have certain ones that might be innate to you, but you will use other ones occasionally. Like he does tell me, he does affirm me sometimes. He does give me gifts sometimes. And some of those other love languages, even though my primary language is time spent. Right. So these five gifts that that Paul mentions in the Ephesians are what we would call the base gifts. If you're familiar with the scripture and some of Paul's other letters that were to specific churches, you'll see some other gifts listed, like uh, the gift of service or hospitality or even administration. And so those are some other gifts. And Tim will get into that next week in our, in our third installment in the series, Too Fit to Quit. And so, but today we're going to focus on those five that you see in this passage in Ephesians. We're going to define them for you. The first one is that of apostle. And the apostles among us are those who are pioneers. They're the dreamers, the visionaries. They help us to look towards the future and cast a vision and clarify our goals and develop strategies. They're the ones who enjoy change and try to encourage the rest of us to embrace that change too. Now, I don't have the gift of apostle necessarily. It's not my primary gift, but it is one that I do occasionally use. And an example of that was a couple of years ago, I had this idea about doing an art-related event, and that event then became inspired. And some of you probably were a part of that or, or um, 
just came and enjoyed it with us. And we were supposed to have it again this year and sadly COVID. But that, um, what's an unhealthy way to approach an yeah. apostle, Andy? So something would have, that would have been unhealthy in that situation it would have been if we just said, eh, Carmen, that's really not a great idea. We're not going to do anything with that. Kind of that that attitude of, well, we've tried stuff like that before and things like that hasn't, haven't worked or we just don't have enough resources. And so that's kind of an unhealthy church's response to somebody that has this gift of the apostle that wants to see change, wants to see new things happening for God's kingdom. But we got a healthy response to that, right? A lot of support for that. How can we help you? Let's develop that idea. And that is the way that we can do or approach the apostle with a really healthy approach. So Andrew, can you tell us about a prophet? Sure. So the prophet is someone who tells the truth. It's a, actually, I would call it a truth teller, even if that truth is uncomfortable for the rest of us. And this person gives a, has a clear picture of what's going on in the culture, and they're able to see that and even come up with creative ways of addressing those types of issues. So in our church, uh, we, uh, Emily Hershey may not have the gift of being a prophet, but she started something a few weeks ago that addressed uh, racial and biblical um, justice. And so she's acting out that gift in trying to help us see a, a broader spectrum of what's happening in the world. And so that's kind of what a prophet does. So there can be an unhealthy response to how the prophet operates. Right. And you've seen that. Sadly, I would say that the gift of prophecy is the one that gets the most unhealthy response from people because people tend to be like, oh, you're being negative or you're being divisive and just downplay their concerns. And you've probably seen that happen in the church, whether that's racism or misogyny or sexual abuse. People over time have approached it in that way. But a healthy response would be. It, listening, coming alongside that person who has that prophetic voice and gift to um, interpret what they're hearing, because a lot of times that prophet will go straight to the solution as opposed to, well, what, what's God really saying to us in this moment? And so that's how we can helpfully help, helpfully help. That's how we can help a prophet fulfill their gift within the body. Next on the list is that of evangelist. And that may sound a little bit scary because when we say, when we say the word evangelist, you may think of Billy Graham or you might think of that guy who stands it on a street corner and yells out John 3:16 or whatever it might be. So, but the evangelist is generally a person who gets really excited about whatever great things are happening in their lives. Like they're going to tell you their favorite restaurants, their favorite movies, their favorite books. And they also are people who tend to get a lot out of and can really mix well with those who are not Jesus followers who are not church people. And they help us within the church, though, by reminding us that there are people who haven't heard about Jesus, that there are still people out there who need to hear the good news. And they can help make the message of Jesus relevant to those around them. And they're always asking people to join them in what they are enjoying. I think of Julia, who was up here singing earlier. She tends to bring her friends and neighbors and invite people to come to Koinos with her. She brings family with her. So she is acting in that evangelist kind of role. 
Sure. So an unhealthy response for somebody that has that giftedness is an apathetic stance from the church as far as, you know, we're good. I know the people that are here and I'm not too concerned about the people that aren't here. And that, that, that's your unhealthy response to an evangelist. One of the things that the word evangelical kind of gets tossed around is not a very good word. And we don't have, yeah, that's for us, evangelical or evangelism is the good news. And that's what the evangelist is trying to spread is the good news. And so whatever's been hijacked out there, don't think about that. Think about what's in scripture, which is these good tidings of Jesus being present in our lives. That's that's the healthy way of approaching it, Sorry, right? I, I jumped in on Carmen's. <laughs> no, that's okay. So a healthy response is to come alongside the evangelist and help them to have a broader vision and to give them something meaningful that they can be a part of and that they can bring their friends to be a part of too, part of something bigger and grander and larger. Sure. So the pastor is the next gift. It may say pastor or shepherd. And the pastor or shepherd doesn't necessarily mean Tim and me, although we both have a lot of those giftedness things, giftednesses. Um, but a pastor is one that shows concern for the body, cares about people individually, likes to have one-on-one -on -one conversations, um, really is very patient with people who are in need. Right. They, they kind of go above and beyond with that patience with those who are more needy. But an unhealthy response certainly is just a general lack of concern or from people around them being a little like, well, that person is fine. They can pull themselves up by their bootstraps or leave that to the professionals or whatever that might be. Those are really unhealthy ways of dealing with that pastoral gift. Right. And then the healthy response would be um, to train in appropriate caregiving. There's books that have been written about this. Um, one I think of is um, When Helping Hurts. And its whole premise is on how, how to give good care to the people that are, are hurting and suffering. So we can provide training opportunities. Um, we can also create a space for people who are generally in a pretty good place to be able to say, you know what, I'm really hurting right now. And for us to be open and be able to listen to that, that it's not just some people that are having trouble, but some people that really kind of put on a brave face on a regular basis may be hurting. And so for us to be able to say, it's okay to be vulnerable here. It's okay to go, uh, I need some help. Um, that's a healthy response that our church can have. Right. And I think that at Koinos, we do that really, really exceptionally well. The next gift that Paul mentions is that of teacher. Now I have the spiritual gift of teacher and yes, I make my living as a teacher as well, but they don't have to be that way. The teachers among us do not have to make their profession as teachers, too. They're the people among us who like to find ways to explain things or give things a fresh perspective. They're excited about what they're learning. I personally am constantly saying to the people around me, oh, I read something really interesting the other day, even if I'm the only one who finds it interesting. And that's the way a teacher operates. And and. Part of what a teacher wants is not just to give instruction, but they want people to do something with it. They want people to act on what they have been teaching. 
What's an unhealthy response to a teacher, dear? So the, the primary one is to leave it up to the professionals. The teacher can only be somebody that's credentialed or has the seminary degree or knows tons about the Bible. And so that, that would be a church's unhealthy response to think that, that could be the, that's the only person that can teach. Another response would be thinking that only certain genders could teach certain genders. So only men can teach men and women, and women only get to teach women or children. And so those are kind of the toxic effects of an unhealthy stance against, uh, on who can teach and who can't teach. So a healthy response would be to, of course, give teachers opportunities to share what they are learning. And remember that this teaching gift, though, is not just in this sort of setting. It's not just a large group setting. It could be mentor type relationships or small group settings that give the teacher the opportunity to share and be in a relationship with people and come alongside them, teaching them in that way. Now, although Andrew and I have listed off all these five gifts and we've given you kind of a broad definition of each one, and you are generally geared towards one of those, we are really all called to use all of them at some point in time. But the gift that you are given is the one that will fill you up when you use it. It's the one that will bless those around you. They will tell you that they have been particularly blessed by what you did when you were exercising your gift. And like I said, and just like the love languages, when you look around and you see someone exercising that gift that is unique to them, you can fully appreciate that. And as we look at those different gifts, we could see the results of it. If we have apostles among us, those people are going to really help us, lead us to our destiny. Those prophets are going to help us to hear what God is really saying in the culture around us and help us to respond to that. Our evangelists are helping us to bring new people into the kingdom of God and a pastor caring and showing greater compassion for people in our midst. And then, of course, the teachers who are telling us how to immerse ourselves in God's word and then helping us to live it out. So we've just spent the last 15 or 20 minutes talking about these five gifts. And you might be saying, okay, well, awesome. Now what? Now what? <laughs> so there is a now what? And if, you are, if you're connected with Koinos, if you're on our email list, we're going to actually send two links out this week. One will be for you to take what I call an instrument or tool to kind of discover what that gift might be. And then the second part of that is a, is a web form that you'll fill out that would tell us, Tim and myself and Carmen, what your gift is. Because we want to make sure that our church body is fulfilling what it should fulfill. And, and we want to discover some of these gifts that are out here that maybe aren't being tapped into. So that's coming your way this week. Please take the time to fill that out. Uh, we've already had our leadership team do it and some of our other folks that are um, directors and things like that. And so it's been a really interesting thing for us to see. So, so do that when you get it, whether you're at home online and you're on our email or whether you're here, be looking for that. And if you don't get it, send me an email or send Tim an email and we'll make sure you can get access to that. So 
we want our church, we want Koinosh Community Church, as awesome as it is, to be the very best it could possibly be. We want Koinosh Community Church to be too fit to quit. Will you pray with me? Father God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the opportunity to come out here and sit in the shade and just soak up your presence, Lord. We are grateful for that. We're grateful for those who are watching online at home. For whatever reason they, they need to be there, Lord, we pray that you would be with them and, and guide them as well. Lord, I pray that with these gifts that we as a church, as a body, will fulfill everything that you've called us to be. It's in your name I pray.